Welcome back to the Future of Retail podcast. I am your reminiscing host, Taharif, and it gives me immense pleasure to kickstart our second season here from the Talabat headquarters in CityWalk Dubai with the Chief Executive Officer of Talabat, Mr. Tomaso Rodriguez. One late night we couldn't sleep, so we went on a shopping spree. We asked our partners and our peers about the future of retail and what it could be. Thank you very much, Harif, for having us. Thank you for having us. Yes, also. Thank you for having us at your offices. And uh, I want to start the podcast uh, usually by introducing uh, my guest, uh, but uh, you're a top voice within the industry and Talabat is a household uh, name. So I'm going to skip having myself introduce you and I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself, but to do it TikTok style. Okay. So when you log into TikTok, uh, you are enabled with 80 characters to say a little bit about yourself. So how would Tommaso introduce himself TikTok style? I would say uh, an Italian foodie who believes that pineapple on pizza should be a federal crime. Federal crime? I wanted to start with a statement. Sorry for that. <laughs> okay, very passionate about pineapple on pizza, like um, several other Italian uh, CEOs we've met. Um, but to get to know you a bit more, and we'll, we'll bring that up again, uh, we want to play a little bit of a game uh, together. So if you're okay with it, we'll put a timer uh, and we have a minute together and we'll go through a series of rapid fire questions, 10 in total. Awesome. You're ready? Let's do it. I'm not sure if I am, but we can, <laughs> we can try. Um, so on the go? Okay. Tommaso, what's your most common Talabat order? Shawarma. If you were not the Talabat CEO, what would you be? Uh, I would love to be a rock star. An industry buzzword that you cannot hear anymore? Super up. An industry buzzword you're very guilty of promoting? Ecosystem. Can I convince you to make a TikTok together? If it's cringe enough, yes. Pineapple on pizza in one word? Well, illegal. Pick one motto for your own life, at the speed of Ronaldo or say less like Cabby? At the speed of Ronaldo. Drones or robots? Uh, robots right now. Favorite song to play on the piano? Uh, Rocket Man by Elton John. Pick your breakfast, energy drink or a banana? Banana. Did we make We made it. Okay, yeah. great. Thank you. <laughs> great. So Tommaso, uh, on this energy drink or banana thing, I, I heard you once uh, speak about this. Uh, I think it was back in early 2020. Yes. And you were saying that uh, the MENA orders during breakfast time was a breakfast of champions and people were mostly ordering energy drinks and bananas. Yes. Um, so can you tell us more about that and like how do you go about about finding these uh, insights and what are some other insights you'd want us to know about? Yeah, I think, I think this is one of the things we never understood. It was like for a while during 2020 and then, you know, kind of stopped. But when we launched Quick Commerce at the beginning in Talabat Mart, uh, a lot of people for breakfast were ordering Red Bull and bananas, right, together. So we saw a lot of baskets that had those two items uh, together. Um, and then I think, you know, when it comes to food, uh, the region is, uh, is very interesting. Uh, most other items are like burgers and chicken and uh, uh, you know pizza. Uh, but the fun part is that when you look, you know, at the midday or if you look at 3 a.m., people order always the same. So people thing, wake up at 3 a.m. Wake up at 3 a.m. and order burgers, right? So okay. that's uh, that's that's very. And very it stays easy. consistently throughout the year. Consistent throughout the year, New Year's Eve, Christmas, whenever you you want to. Since it. you're so passionate as an Italian against pineapple and pizza, did you ever look up? the percent of people who order that? Yes, yes, we looked it up. And actually, I'm very glad to see that it was less than 1% of you the pizza. You personally looked it yes, up? Yes, yes, <laughs> less than 1% of the pizza orders had pineapple on it, yes. Okay, amazing, <laughs> amazing. Um, so you, you mentioned uh, quick commerce. 
for our listeners and our viewers who are not very familiar with, with the term quick commerce. So it is the next evolution of, uh, of e-commerce. How would you explain it uh, to, to someone who's not from the industry? Look, the way we look at it is, um, if you think about the past, people were going um, to malls. I mean, the big innovation retail at the beginning was like the creation of malls, right? And you take your car, you go to the mall, and you buy items. You have like the vastest selection possible, and you go back home, right? Um, then e-commerce was born, right? And, and suddenly, uh, all the things you find in the malls, you can also order online, probably with a, a bit less selection. Um, and get it delivered in one, two, three days, depending of, of, on the provider, right? Um, what we believe is the future is what we call quick commerce, right? So ultimately, we believe everybody will be able to get everything delivered at their home in 15 to 30 minutes, right? Okay. And that's where we started with the Talabat Mart, uh, which is our, uh, you know, grocery stores, uh, quick commerce grocery stores across the region. We have around 160 stores today, and you can deliver groceries 24-7, uh, in uh, and get them delivered in like 15 minutes. And to be able to deliver within 15 minutes, so we understand that there's usually two ways to do it. Uh, and we don't really have a point of view on what's right or what's wrong, so we'd like to know yours. One is uh, heavy on real estate, where you go after dark stores, and then you embed within like every neighborhood a dark store that is not for shoppers to actually visit, but where you maximize that real estate space yeah. and you can carry up to 5,000 SKUs if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then you use these to connect drivers with people who order from within that neighborhood. Yeah. And that's like usually a secret recipe of how you can deliver within 15 minutes. But something that we've seen since also Talabat Mart is that you can order from other vendors or other uh, grocery uh, stores uh, via Talabat, which which is more of a marketplace kind of yeah. uh, model. Which one is uh, is more of a winning model, and which one does uh, Tommaso believe in when it comes to the future of quick commerce? Look, I think we're very early stage of quick commerce today, uh, and I personally believe in both, and I believe they complement each other somehow. Right, uh, as you said, the uh, the biggest. Uh, thing about our uh, Talabat Mart is that reliability is fantastic because we know, given that no one can go in and buy products, mm. it's only for delivery. At this very second, we can know exactly of this, I don't know, chocolate bar, how many do we have in that store in that area, right? Uh, which is harder to do when it comes to, um, you know, providing a marketplace for existing retailers because you also have walking customers, so we cannot know exactly uh, the stock count, right? Um, but, uh, I mean, there's a big, um, you know, uh, brand component as well. And I think retailers uh, specialized in many things like, you know, their breads, their products, their brands and, and whatever. And like people pick also uh, a determined brand, like uh, say I go to a Lulu or I go to a Carrefour or I go to a Spinney's, uh, depending on what I know I will find there, right? right? Uh, so there's also this affinity of the consumer to, to the brand. Be so beyond the FMCGs that they carry, basically. Exactly. So the retailer exactly. brands. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the retailer brand. Um, so I do believe both need to be there and that they cater for slightly different, probably, uh, problems for the consumers. But um, I believe they will coexist uh, okay. in, also in the future. And, and question, so usually like uh, in, in every venture that you take, you're solving for a customer need or a customer pain point. And uh, fully understood that quick commerce as an evolution from e-commerce has been solving for that in terms of delivering on convenience. 
But as deliveries become faster and faster, and like now you can order something and get it within 15 minutes, are we still solving for customer actual pain points or are the customer's desires and wants ever increasing because of what you as Talabat are offering them, basically? Uh, I think it's a super interesting question. Uh, and I believe uh, it's more on the, on the, on the latter, uh, as you said, because uh, if you think about it, maybe a few years ago, uh, just the fact of pushing a button and having your food delivered home, it would be felt kind of a bit of a magic, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, the beginning of like food delivery. Today, you give it for granted, right? Today, if your food is like a few minutes later or whatever, like you, you, you start feeling upset, right? But, that, but that's normal because, you know, uh, companies created much more convenience, yeah. better services, better products, and consumers... You become entitled to something they didn't know existed five minutes ago. Yeah, as, I as would not consumer. say it's entitled, but, but I would say it's, it's uh, you know... Like Wi-Fi on airplanes. Exactly. <laughs> like now, when now. it doesn't work, I get irritated, but... Uh, there was a time a few years ago, I, I never knew it was. Yeah. And, and you would not think of like, oh, it would be possible to have air, uh, Wi-Fi yeah. on an airplane. But then when it's there, uh, you want it it's to an work. And, you want it, and, and maybe in, in 10 years, uh, there will be no airplanes without any exactly. Wi-Fi yeah. and it will be super fast. Right. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think I think it, but but that's good because uh, it keeps the uh, companies innovating and building new and new things um, and uh, and get better. Okay, so do you find yourself to be a competitor or a partner with like the major hypermarkets uh, out there today? No, absolutely partners uh, and we, we want to work with them and grow together and explore this new business together because they have a wealth of knowledge that, that we absolutely don't have and that we're learning uh, throughout the way. And we believe we can provide a lot of value to them. Right, uh, you can maximize your footprint, your real estate, right? By also, it's a, it's a bit like food delivery, yeah. the same, right? So, restaurant, restaurant that only does dine-in, yeah, uh, you know, cannot maximize its real estate as much as if they were to also do food delivery. The yeah. cost of an incremental food delivery order for a restaurant is the incremental cost is uh, nothing, yeah. uh, right? So, so same for for grocery stores. So, as we talk about quick commerce, so you have been doing this since 2020, if I'm not 2020, mistaken. 2020. So, what have we learned like in these past three years, and how has your uh, impression of uh, quick commerce and where it's heading evolved uh, in in the past three years versus when you started? We learned a lot because uh, as as a you know. Originally, food delivery company. We came from a place where we didn't know anything about uh, retail and the groceries and, and these kind of things. Uh, things like, you know, what is a front margin? What is a back margin? Like yeah. there are still some metrics when we look at the PNL that are very retail specific. And I ask my team, they explain me every time. I still don't understand what what it is like. So I think that the amount of knowledge that you need to have and like how do you have to very go deep in this industry is, is really is really incredible. Uh, but in terms of operations, I would say the main thing we learned is that we started this business thinking about convenience, thinking about the people need a snack or yeah. people are cooking something and they need the tomatoes or garlic. And so they would just open Talabat and order. But we discovered that our product is also perfect for kind of the weekly shopper or the monthly shopper. So the direction over the last uh, years has been to increase actually the number of SKUs of items that we carry inside the Talabat Marts um, and, to, and to always provide still a very good service level, but to be able to find many more items on the Talabat Marts. 
So when, when you mentioned the uh, weekly shopping and yeah. like uh, you're, you're basically also competing not only with traditional uh, retail in that sense, but the major like e-commerce uh, marketplaces. Traditionally, you would uh, expect to order something online from, a, from an e-commerce platform and get it delivered within a couple of uh, days, but to get great prices, like uh, get them discounted. When quick commerce was introduced by Talabat and, and others, convenience was the name of the game. If you're now expanding, like how important is it to also be competitive on pricing? And if that is important, then how do you make any money where, where like what's left because you're you're eroding the margin by offering discounts then and then you're also uh, committing to delivering within a um, very short period of time, be it 15 minutes or, 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 or such. So are we also venturing now into being price competitive when it comes to quick commerce? Yeah, I, I w- that's a very good question. And I would say today already Talabat Mart uh, is... Uh, very well positioned in terms of price when you compare to all the other big uh, big retailers, right? Um, and uh, I believe that we don't have a cost disadvantage okay. uh, because, uh, yes, it's true we deliver and we deliver fast and immediately, but we have the advantage of being starting from a food delivery company that we already had a fleet on the ground, right? And that fleet is already kind of utilized uh, to some extent, right? So this is additional demand that goes into that fleet and the additional cost of this demand is not yeah. that high. That, that's the first thing. The second is traditional retailers have very, very big hypermarkets and supermarkets, right? Um, and that when you look at rent and uh, utility bills, etc., that's a very, very big cost, right? Our fixed cost is much smaller for each, uh, for each shop. Um, and the number of orders we generate from that small store every day, the volume, the volume is huge, right? Uh, so uh, when you compare like for like, uh, I think we have a pretty much uh, similar, if not probably better, cost structure than, um, than okay. the traditional retail. So then definitely quick commerce is the evolution of e-com. Like this, this is the new normal. Well, I think, I think there's still that element uh, for example, my girlfriend loves to go to supermarket, right? Yeah. And, and uh, it's something I hate, but she, for example, loves to do that. And uh, uh, I believe that uh, is also something people do to spend time, to do something together as yeah. a family or as a family activity sometimes, right? So I think that will always be there. Yeah. Like, like for food, you're always going to have dining and you're going to have, yeah. have delivery, right? Uh, but uh, I think different uh, situations, different... Uh, uh, needs different moments, uh, you know, require different solutions. And as you recognize this statement, which um, I mean, other business leaders might not say because other business leaders might want to be the app for everything. We've noticed that when it comes to some of the verticals that you have, you've been choiceful. So, yes, you have flowers. Yes, you have pharmacy, but you haven't ventured into like 20 mm-hmm. different uh, verticals. So it seems like the choices you're making are starting from your core, if I'm not mistaken, yes. or am I wrong? And no, you are about no, to launch 30 verticals by the time this episode goes out. No, <laughs> no, 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 that's totally spot on. And, and I think we believe that uh, you have to build on top of what you have, right? Yeah. And the reason why we started, for example, quick commerce in Talabat Mart was because we have customers that are convenience driven because they're ordering food. Yeah. And so probably they will likely order groceries as well, yeah. but we already have a big fleet on the ground 
that will deliver both food and groceries. So it, that's a huge advantage compared to someone that wants to start with a pure quick commerce place. Yeah. Right. Um, you have the right to win. Exactly. You have the right to win. So we believe in like building from your core and expanding from your core uh, where you have synergies on your customers, on your suppliers, on your fleet or, or whatever it is. Right. We don't believe in building something completely outside okay. of, of your core. And is that the ecosystem? You said you're guilty of using exactly. that Exactly. So that's, that's why uh, people often ask me, are you trying to build a super app? Yeah. Uh, and I would be like, no, we're building an ecosystem. But that's, that's not a buzzword. You're uh, not guilty of it. Well, in Talabad is a buzzword. <laughs> <If you're> okay. <laughs> no, definitely super app is a buzzword. Yeah. But, but like super app, like, like, like in other regions also in China, you can... Like you say, it starts from a need, but then you can also like make all the payments and solving for the customers needing to send money for one another. Here, like adding like many verticals on top of one another doesn't necessarily create a super app, in, in my humble opinion. But but I agree with you much more that yes, like you start from your core and it's an ecosystem. So yeah, but for example, we launched recently a Bayliter uh, product, okay. right? Which you would say okay is not. A product to deliver anything, yeah. right? Uh, it's like probably people say, okay, you're launching fintech, you're entering into fintech, you're building a fintech business. Uh, the way I see it is, no, we're just launching a product that makes sense for our customers. And why does it make sense for our customer? Because what we saw is that uh, if you look at the demand curve, you know, pay week is the one where we always get the most orders in the yeah. in the month, right? And outside of pay week, we get uh, you know slightly less orders, right? Uh, so kind of by now, Pelator helps a bit normalize that, that demand for customers. We funny say that because on TikTok, like we were also running a study recently and some of the most interesting content that we see in relation to retail and e-commerce is around payday. Mm -hmm. So uh, people basically go really like out there in terms of creativity yeah. when it comes to celebrating payday, like the moment you get your salary yes. uh, paid. So it has definitely been uh, very trending on our platform and we've been sharing with our partners like these, these are some of the TikToks that you can ride on during that uh, salary weekend. We'll do that. Uh, <laughs> to resonate. So we'd love to do that with your yeah, team yeah, for sure. Um, so you, you mentioned uh, FinTech and uh, I wanted to ask you because also like we, we, we met uh, one of your colleagues who leads FinTech and I think you've already explained it why you have FinTech mm -hmm. within Talabat. But we've also seen on TikTok, not promoting TikTok, but you were promoting on TikTok. Yeah. Um, you had a collaboration with ADCB and you launched the credit card. Yes. So tell us a bit more about that. Like why would Talabat launch credit card? So this, this is a product that I'm probably the most excited about in this in this very moment. Okay. Uh, so it's a it's a fantastic credit card we launched with the ADCB, like a fantastic partner. We were so happy to work together. Uh, main value proposition: it gives you thirty five percent cashback. Cashback, yes, on ten orders every month. Okay. Right. Uh, plus, you get free deliveries on. Uh, you get a Talabat Pro subscription with the card, uh, and and you get also a welcome bonus and other and other benefits. But the cool thing is that the card is free for life, right? You you uh, you don't have to pay to pay anything for it. Um, and the even cooler thing probably is the fact that designs are amazing. I don't know if you saw them. Yes. Like we have a yeah. avocado card, we have a, a chili peppers card, we have a macarons card, etc. Um, so so I think again, why did we do this? Is because it makes sense for our customers, right? It's an amazing value proposition for the customers. Uh, we believe that you know when you get this cashback, then you come back 
because the cashback uh, goes into your Talabat wallet, yeah. right? So we believe then you come back to Talabat and order more. Uh, and uh, our end goal at the end of the day is to make sure that our loyal customers get rewarded for using our platform more, right? Yeah. And so this is the, the reason why we do that. So Tomaso, we talked about FinTech, but also I've noticed that my colleague is having coffee that she bought from downstairs from a Talabat kitchen. So why does Talabat have a kitchen now in the middle of City Walk that is open to public, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, it's also open to public. Uh, so this is one of our cloud kitchens uh, that we have uh, um, here in City Walk, and we have others, you know, across the region. Um, and basically, the idea of a cloud kitchen is um, a restaurant want to expand in a new location, uh, but they don't want to invest all the money that we require to find a new place, renovate it, uh, pay the rent, etc. Uh, we give them the space and for them it's basically uh, cost-free to, yeah. to open the new location and risk-free. If it goes bad, then it can always... The uh, capex is on you. Exactly, yeah. it, it's on us, right. Um, so we opened one inside our office uh, and also we serve our coffee that is called Everyday uh, Roastery, right? And we, that, that we, we do ourselves. Um, and the reason being is that we like to eat our dog food, right? So uh, I think it's good that, that all uh, what we call our employees, we call our Talabati, yeah. uh, you know, uh, try our products, our food, give feedback and, uh, you know, let us know how it's, uh, how it's doing. Was this initiated back in Expo or is this building on the Expo experience? Because you had a big Talabat kitchen, I remember, at, at yes. Expo. At Expo, we had a big uh, two stories kitchen. Uh, where we experimented a lot of things like uh, smart lockers, like robo baristas, and uh, uh, all these kind of like uh, smart ordering systems. We brought all the technology here in our kitchen in, in CityWalk and uh, upgraded it. Now we have like a dining table ordering and all this kind of stuff. We use it as a experimental ground, let's say, to okay. to, to try new things. Okay, but. The like the future part of it, like the future of kitchens, is it more about maximizing that capex, maximizing that space to fit in as many restaurants as possible? Or is it like what you have downstairs where regular people can actually walk in and eat at the Talabat kitchen? Because I'm, I'm a bit confused by the model because my understanding of cloud kitchen is you don't go there, but like your that cloud kitchen is via Talabad, for example, is being able to serve different restaurant menus, but all from within the same kitchen. Yeah. What you have here is also a beautiful space that people can walk into and dine in. Yeah. So correct my understanding. If no, it's, a, it's totally right, and I would say the answer is we don't know. Like okay. we we will we will discover, uh, but I believe that there is there is demand for both, right? Because. At the end of the day, yes, if you do everything for delivery, uh, you know, the concept of Cloud Kitchen makes sense. But then what we thought is, wait a minute, we have one space that has where we're, you know, cooking 20 different brands. Yeah. I mean, if we add a few tables in front of it, probably people would be happy to have a menu of 20 brands and be able to select, eat something, I eat something, you yeah. eat something else from, I, th I think it's a cool concept also yeah. for, for dining, right? Uh, so uh, it's open both for our Talabatis and most of them have lunch there every day, or also for external people at CityWalk, they want to try this concept. Yeah. The, I, I feel the recurring theme with you is constantly like reinventing to deliver on customer centricity and like on, on customer needs. Uh, People might think that Talabat 
is a new company, but I believe you were born back in 2004. You want to tell us about the origins of Talabat? Yeah. So Talabat was born actually in 2004 in Kuwait. You're totally right. Man, you did a lot of research. Like, you tried, you tried. You tried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, it's been, uh, you know, by, uh, in Kuwait. Uh, and uh, it was sold to Delivery Hero, which is this uh, global holding Germany. Of, uh, in Germany. Yes, uh, they have several brands uh, across the world and, uh, you know, Talabat being one in the Middle East. Um, and uh, it was sold in 2015. Um, and uh, since then, we've been expanding into several countries. Now we are in uh, eight countries across, uh, across the region and counting. And uh, yeah, it's been going well. And the latest version of, uh, of your model is your everyday right away, correct? Yes. What do you mean by that? So uh, we had an evolution from what uh, we were before to what we are now, because before we were a food delivery company. And when you think about Talabat, it's food, yeah. right? Um, your everyday basically means it's not just food. It's everything you need every single day, right? So we are a platform of convenience, right? whether it's food, it's groceries, it's flowers, or... That's your promise, the right away part. That's my promise. Yeah. Right away is yeah. fast. So, Tommaso, we... We're clear on how you're inventing in terms of your business, overall business model and like all of these spaces we talked about from fintech, quick commerce, the evolution of that. We've talked about Talabat Kitchen. If we can double down just a little bit about how you're innovating when it comes to your last mile. Uh, so we have, uh, I, I want to say let's address the elephant in the room, but instead like let's address the Talabat in the room <laughs> sitting between us. So can you tell us a bit more about uh, this uh, lovely uh, but first yeah. time I saw them were in Expo, Yes. Uh, but now they're making a comeback. So yes. what's the story behind it? <laughs> well, it's not a comeback. We hope they will be there for okay. the foreseeable future, okay. right? Uh, but uh, I think we started experimenting with robots in Expo, as you said. Uh, it was a fantastic experience because we had this uh, kitchen and, and they were delivering across the whole Expo site with robots. And people were, you know, uh, amazed by it. Like you had kids jumping on the robots. And, and we have actually a video of like what the robots see every day. And it was so much fun of like seeing the people that would stop the robot uh, and from the, from the robot camera, right? <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. A lot of people put on TikTok, went viral yeah. and whatever. So uh, I think it's, it's very cool. But besides being cool, I think we believe in the future. This could be a very... Uh, realistic way of of, move, of uh, transporting food um, and other things. Uh, today we have a pilot running in uh, Dubai Silicon Oasis. Gated community? Exactly. Is that a requirement today? Uh, it's, it's not really a requirement, but it's a controlled environment. Okay, uh, so for testing. We, we, we can test and we yeah. can know better. Uh, you can order already from places like Starbucks or Oregano, etc., and get your uh, uh, food delivered uh, with robots. Actually, robots are delivering in 15, 20 minutes, so it's quite, okay. it's quite, uh, it's quite fast. People are very happy. Um, it's working. Uh, we're looking forward to expand this uh, more. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And uh, for people who don't know, like, uh, how does it work? Like, you just go on the Talabat app and search for something specific? Or? Uh, so if you are living in Dubai, Silicon Oasis, you can find some vendors that have the robot okay. tag uh, on, the, on the name of the vendor. Those ones, you will get it delivered from, from robots. Amazing. And you pay by credit card? Yeah, you pay um, everything um, like, like as it works before, like in the Talabat app, check out, you pay. And, yeah. Awesome.
Okay, cool. So hopefully we'll see more more Talabots around the city. Absolutely. Uh, you've mentioned drones. So is that still a thing uh, happening, drones, or is the focus now on Talabots? Uh, we're, we're experimenting both. Um, I think the value proposition of drones is slightly different um, because the way we see drones is not a way to kind of have a new mean of transportation, but it's more of uh, expanding the delivery radius of uh, restaurants or okay. grocery stores, right? And the, the reason I say that is um, because we believe how it works is that a rider goes and picks up, say, the food from a restaurant, brings it to a drone station, and then from there it gets delivered either to a villa that can have its own drone station or to another drone station somewhere else in the city. Makes sense. Right? And then you have another rider then picking it up and delivering. Why is this important? Um, because at the end of the day, the value of what you can deliver as a restaurant depends on the radius you can reach. If you can reach more radius, like more uh, larger distance, you deliver to many more people, yeah. right? And that kind of, I feel maybe in the future, drone delivery would actually revolutionize more real estate than anything else. It's, it's nice to hear you say it and uh, learn from you about the rationale behind it, because sometimes when these words enter our vernacular, like, drone uh, we think it's just like a fad but like when you actually explain that it's complementing the last mile like yeah. it will complement uh, drivers being part of this uh, ecosystem then the business objective that you're solving for is expanding the radius exactly. of the restaurant and then it makes sense versus exactly. like when you're not part of the industry and you hear about it as an outsider you wonder like why, why are these companies talking about drones? Exactly. So, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> of course. So staying on, on last mile, so we've talked about Talabots, we've talked about drones. I want to talk about Tommaso as, as a rider because we've, uh, we've seen you uh, dress up uh, as a rider, take a motorbike and deliver orders yourself recently. What was the reason behind doing that? So I recently got my motorbike license uh, in in Dubai. Uh, I mean, and you I wanted had to it, maximize I, it, so that's why. Okay. Uh, no, I had it back in Italy. I got it here, and and I always wanted to deliver, but I couldn't because I didn't convert. Had the time to convert my license, and now that I did, I I wanted to 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 try and test uh, firsthand. Uh, and the reason is very simple. I believe that uh, you know there's so many things you can see, like from your uh, dashboards and numbers and data, which is super important. But there's some things you will never be able to to see if you don't try uh, to try it yourself. Um, and actually, there were like some very interesting uh, findings. Out what did you learn? Well, I think, uh, for example, the first thing that happened, uh, I was like ready to go. Uh, you know, put uh, all the helmet and everything and. Uh, ready to wait for a call, I put the phone on the holder and it dies. Okay. Right. Um, and it dies because of the heat, right? Because it's too hot and, and whatever. And this is something you will never know that okay. this happens, right? Uh, and so now we, we installed windshields on the, on the motorbike so that UV protecting so that the, the phone doesn't, doesn't overheat, right? So this is a simple solution for a big problem because imagine your phone dies and you are in the middle of a delivery. What are you going to do? Yeah. Right. Um, what else did you learn from delivering? So many things on the app experience for the rider. For example, the customers I had were uh, generous tippers. Okay. So they, I got tip almost from every customer I delivered okay. to. Uh, but I couldn't see the tip as a, as a rider. I could see it only after the delivery and only 
in a kind of a section of the app that I would not go to normally, right? Okay. Uh, well, now we changed that and now we're showing the tip before. Uh, so when, when, when you're delivering to the customer, you already know that the customer gave you a tip. So you can also thank the customer once you're, Makes sense. Once you're there. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And you chose like one of the hottest months uh, to, to do this and to deliver, right? So it was, it was quite hot, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, but I heard that uh, you found like uh, a sense of community and camaraderie with other riders uh, who were helping you uh, uh, along your journey. That was the most uh, amazing part of the of the experience, I would say. Um, so while you go, actually, it's not that bad like, okay. because you have the wind and everything. Uh, but you know, if you stop at the light or you wait for the food at a restaurant, actually, it can be quite hot. Uh, but we have now these uh, air-conditioned buses uh, that, that we provide to all the riders you know, around uh, all our cities. So riders can have a break, uh, can drink water, can you know, have some air conditioning. But the cool, the vibe inside these buses is super cool. Like, uh, like they're happy and like we, I, I was there and asked them a lot of questions about how do you do this? Well, in this building, where did you park? Because everybody was complaining when I parked there. Whatever. So each one helps each other and say, okay, you should do this, you should do that. So it was, it was really, really, really fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. So speaking of camaraderie and yeah. like that culture among the, the riders, uh, tell us a bit more about the culture at Talabat, like you refer to Talabatis as uh, you know, your, your, your colleagues here at Talabat. Uh, you as the captain of this uh, ship, how do you go about building a startup uh, culture? So uh, we have uh, many things. Uh, I will start from the biggest one, which is what we call T-Ventures. Uh, and uh, at any point in time, we figured out that we had around 10 startups running inside, uh, inside Talabat, okay. uh, like, it's happening, like it's happening today. So we kind of formalized this a bit. And uh, um, I think we created kind of mini CEOs for, for, for so each FTEs of these So with FTEs dedicated? Yeah, of course, of course. Okay. Like uh, one is, for example, the coffee, like everyday roasteries is one okay. of, our, uh, of our things, right? Um, yeah, then we have like, for example, Tipro, the subscription program started as a, as a startup okay. within, within Talabat, right? Um, and these are either kind of top-down ideas or bottoms up. Pay later, we said, okay, we wanna build a pay later product in 60 days. And that was the challenge, and yeah. we and we carved out a team to to do that, right? Um, other than that, we have things like uh, hackathons, right? So, and uh, for example, Talabat AI was something that was born out of a hackathon. And Talabat AI is is this assistant we have on the grocery part of the app, where you can say, I want to cook uh, spaghetti bolognese, and it will tell you the recipe and tell you, okay, these are the ingredients you can order, and you can order out to the cart uh, immediately, right? Um, so, so I think what we're trying to, to do when it comes to all, this, uh, uh, all these things is uh, we want to make sure people and these things are protected inside the company. Because when you launch a new product, a new venture, it takes a lot of time because it before it creates an impact yeah. to the company. And during that time, you will not get attention from the marketing team. You will not get attention from the product team. You will not get attention from all the other teams, right? And if this is not protected, um, you know, it will die soon. Yeah. So you need to make sure that you have the right structure around it so that the CEO is focused on it and that it can thrive. So talking still about like your leadership style, I'm, I'm going to read you a quote that, that, that I like, 
think you've uh, you've talked about in the past. Would love to hear your your thoughts uh, on it. It's from Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. Yes. What's uh, what's your take on this? Well, this from the Little Prince, yeah. uh, one of the best books <laughs> ever written, I think. But uh, my take is, if you surround yourself by good people, by smart people, and uh, you have to let them build, you have to let them drive their own agenda, right? What is your role as a leader is to show them, you know the end goal, the dream, the where do we want to be, right? But it's not to tell them, you know, step by step what to do to get there. It's for them to kind of figure out and, 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 and you know, find smart ways to do it. Because if the CEO is the one telling everyone how to do, and it will be just, you know, the opinion of one person, right? But if you surround yourself with smart people, you'll find ways that you would never have thought of. I want to also, like... Uh read you a quote. Uh, so I'll be very honest with you. I'm worried about the quote. Yeah, no, no, I'll be honest with you. So they say that like most management uh, books are written uh, with the lens of consultants about peacetime CEOs. Like what does it mean to be a CEO during peacetime? So there was this book that you have recommended and I followed your recommendation. Uh, I'm not complaining. Uh, so it's, uh, it's written by a wartime CEO, which is Ben Horowitz, which is the hard thing about uh, hard things. Yeah. So one of the quotes that he talks about, I'll first read it and then I'll ask you about it, yeah. is, as a startup CEO, I used to sleep like a baby. I woke up every two hours and cried. So yes. is this Very dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you've also talked about babies, but in a bit of a different context as, yeah. as a management motor. That's true. That's true. What's your take? So, look, there's one thing I fundamentally believe is that uh, there are two types of way of looking at things. The first one is when you have a problem and you're like, oh, I can't wait for this problem to be fixed. And then, then when it's done, I think life will be good, right? Yeah. The other way of looking at things is that you're always going to have problems. And that's normal. That's life. Right? And so the best approach is like you just hammer one down and then you think, okay, on to the next. And you go next, next, and next, right? So it's kind of the hammer mindset on the nails, right? And the, the way also you can think of it is like a baby, right? So when babies fall, what happens when they try to walk, like they're crawling, right? And then they try to walk and they fall, right? And, and then what do babies do? Babies like stand up again and try to walk again. And they do it tens of times, hundreds of times, thousands of times before they can walk, right? But if we were like, okay, I fall and I think, oh, I'm never going to be able to, to walk, like by now we will all be crawling, right? <laughs> so, okay. so, so we have to have this baby mindset in us to okay. succeed. I like this. I like I, I like this more than well, the quote I just read. <laughs> but uh, but since we brought up the hard thing about hard things and Ben Horowitz, how do you label yourself as as per his definition? Are you a peacetime CEO or are you a wartime CEO? I love to be a peacetime CEO. I think that's the best. Uh, but sometimes you have to be a wartime CEO. But I think that when you are a wartime CEO you most of the times are not really providing real value for the customers because you're focused on things that are not building a great product for your customers. You're focused on things like winning market share or 
fundraising or spending money in a certain way rather than other way, right? Well, when you're a peacetime CEO and you can be on in a, during a peacetime, you can really focus on true innovation. Like, what do I build next? Yeah, like, long what term. Is exactly, long term innovation. Okay. Here. So, we're going to talk a little bit about TikTok, but I'm going to save you the effort and we'll do the talking and you can do the reactions basically. So, if you log into TikTok you can, and you watch uh, a video, there's like three things you can do. You can either Actually, there are more than three things, but we're going <laughs> to cover three things. So you're gonna, you can heart the video if you really like it. You can share sure. it uh, with someone that you want to, to, uh, to see that video, or you can comment on that video. Yeah, yeah. Now, you can also stitch it and duet it and all of that, but for the sake of this little game, <laughs> let's okay. pretend you can only heart share and comment. Okay. So I'm going to read you three statistics, uh, and I'm going to ask you to pick, like, either you can heart it mm. or you want to share it. If you want to share it, tell me with whom you want to share it. Okay. Or if you want to comment on it and debate it, like okay. let's do that as well. Okay. So I'll start with the first one. Okay. Emotional triggers like inspiration have one and a half times more impact on impulsive buying than functional triggers such as promotions and offers. This is from an Ipsos study made in the United Arab Emirates in 2023. So emotional triggers yeah. such as inspiration have one and a half times more impact on impulsive buying than functional triggers do. Share to my CPO, chief of product. And? I will, I will, I will, I will do it because uh, I'm always, I always love things like a little animation in the app or, or things like that, right? And, and uh, sometimes it feels I get bogged too much into, into these things. Okay. <laughs> so we resonate with this uh, yeah. statistic from our side because TikTok is, is an entertainment platform yes. and people discover uh, products and brands on our platform while they are being yes. entertained. So that's the value of entertainment. And uh, if you want to have a look, like you can search the hashtag TikTok made me buy it. Yeah. We've crossed around 65 yes. billion views uh, on, on that hashtag because people are discovering things on TikTok. Absolutely. While doing the research for this episode, personally, I discovered about Talabot from, from, Talabot from TikTok, from TikTok. Uh, and not like from a, from a written uh, article. So, so you want to buy a robot now? I want to. I want to order via a robot. I want to order via a robot so, because there's TikTok made me buy it, and there's TikTok made me do it. Uh, so there's uh, multiple aspects under that big theme. But the, the overall theme is that entertainment leads to to action, basically. Yes, absolutely, hundred percent agree. All right. So this one was share. You're left with two stats. The second one is TikTok is 1.7 times more likely than any other platform to be the source for product discovery. This is by Material in the GCC in 2021. This I will share with my head of brand uh, because we're always thinking about what can we do more with TikTok? How can we, you know, create our own trends and, and stuff? Because we, we believe internally we have a lot of fun and, and we're, we're, we're very good at creating internal things. And I think we probably should work together on the more service. We're at your team's service. Okay. So you've shared both. So I just want to remind you, you have three options, but it's okay. okay. So, but for the last one, I, I, ask I, you to, I usually share uh, you know, more, than, <laughs> more than other things. <laughs> so peacetime CEO. So, uh, so for, the, for the last one, uh, maybe I have to heart or to comment. comment. Okay. <laughs> so TikTok users experience 1.2 times higher positive feelings compared to other platforms, making it the go-to destination for mood uplifting. 
This is a study by Ipsos made in the United Arab Emirates in 2023. Oh, that's good. I will heart it because I'm, I'm, it's, not, it's not nice when you hear stats about social media, uh, yeah. like uh, put in a negative, uh, you know, environment lenses, right? So it's, it's good to remind that there's so much good stuff that comes, uh, you know, for out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like we, we love that Ipsos is further validating what our core value proposition is. But as TikTok, we believe that we're not a social media platform because we are an entertainment platform. Like yeah. you, the reason you go on TikTok, you go on TikTok to be entertained, You're right. to watch videos by people you might not know in real life. And that's why our feed is called For You page. Yes. So it's designed for Tommaso. Yes. Tommaso might end up seeing pineapples on pizza that are triggering him <laughs> and uh, piano uh, music uh, I might end up seeing a lot of dog videos because that's what what I like I'm passionate about uh, but our, our feeds will be different and that's Absolutely. why it's called the for you page but it's meant to uplift your mood boost your serotonin and like leave you with a smile on on your face that's our entire objective because our mission as a company as as TikTok is inspire creativity and bring joy um, and yeah, like that's all of us, like the yeah, reason mouth, we work mouth there. Mouth-watering content, we have uh, also mouth-watering exactly, content, right? Exactly, so, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so we should work more together. <laughs> and specifically when it comes to TikTok made me buy it and ordering things. Yeah. Uh, so like you find out recipes, you, 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 you want to order them or uh, you find out about certain burgers or chickens or pizzas, etc. And then you click I, on I them. I learned how to make gnocchi on TikTok. On TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it, it's more difficult than the regular pasta, right? You use potato for that. Uh, yeah, you use potato flour. You have to, yes. It's, uh, no, make the shape is uh, the hard part. Like, okay. One by one, you have to shape them. Yes. I'll check that out. So we, we've, we're talking, since we're talking about TikTok, uh, we're, we're not saying this because you're Talibot and this is your campaign, but this is reality. Our biggest TikTok creator globally is Kabi Lame. At, uh, today, as we're recording this podcast, he stands at 162 million followers. By the time this goes live, he might have more. Uh, but he's the biggest around the world. And you, as Talabat, have chosen him as an ambassador uh, for one of your most recent campaigns. Can you yeah. tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. So the idea came from the Egypt team. Um, and uh, the reason being, every time I go there and ask them, who's your biggest competitor? They would tell me, phone order. Right. Because uh, apparently Egyptian people are used to order food over the phone since generations. Right. Um, and uh, uh, they thought about asking uh, Kabir to work together on a, on a, on a uh, campaign. Uh, they would be like, uh, why are you ordering over the phone? That is complicated. You don't have a menu. You don't see prices. You don't see the rider coming to you. It takes a long time, etc. cetera. Uh, Talabat is much easier and much simpler. Right. So uh, given Kabi is kind of the king of simplicity and like this campaign, say less, is that how it was built? Amazing. Amazing. So the, the Kabi for us, like he, he personifies authenticity on the platform because TikTok is very much a sound on platform. Uh, and like all the videos you would watch uh, on our platform are by default sound on. But somehow, ironically, the biggest creator on a platform doesn't yes, speak doesn't in his speak. videos. Yeah. Uh, but what he brings to life is authenticity, the power of yeah. authenticity, which leads to entertainment. Absolutely. Um, I want to ask you just uh, just a confession, because I saw it on Talabat, like uh, your say less slogan. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Gen Zer, I'm yeah. slightly older, and I, I didn't really understand. And then uh, 
my colleague used it, who is a Gen Zer, uh, and I was asking her for something like preparing for this episode, and she's like, Sailas. What do you mean, say that? Like, I was a bit offended. Like, you say talk too much. <laughs> so apparently, like, Gen Zers use it in a different yes, way. Yes, 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 yes. So what does it mean? I, I mean, like, uh, it's it's like it just 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 happens. Like, kind of don't don't have to say. Like, it, it will. Uh, okay. I'm on it, right? It's, I'm on it. TikTok for me is like the new dictionary where yeah. like I find out about these Gen Z terms like yeah, I slay. Am not very, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm so uncomfortable using it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like like I, I'm looking forward to the day where I can tell you comfortably on podcast slay. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it doesn't come naturally. It feels forced, right? <laughs> yeah, but I can tell you that you passed the vibe check for sure. Like, okay, thank as, you. Like that you passed the vibe check and that IYKYK. Like, if you know, you if know. You know, you know. <laughs> If we go back to Kabi and like more from from business people kind of uh, conversation, um, and feel free not to answer, but it's um, it's very nice to see, but it's also very ambitious. Like when you hire a global ambassador for a regional campaign, or even in the case of Celeste, like you you said, it started as a local campaign, uh, specifically for the Egypt market. But here you're you're going after like the biggest in the world and we didn't see this only with Kabi but we also saw it with Ronaldo like when you hired Cristiano Ronaldo for the campaign at the speed of Ronaldo what is the rationale behind that and uh, is it because you're still in like uh, after acquiring new users you're not looking uh, at uh, maybe uh, your marketing cost as much or is it that you think of marketing as a, as a real investment, which is what every marketeer wants to hear. So what are your thoughts on that? Because we, we did get questions. Some people thought that Talabat was globally present across mm-hmm. all markets because you were represented by Ronaldo and Kabi. Uh, mm-hmm. No, that's a, that's a good question. And the reality is that we look at brand ambassadors uh, in a way that there should be a big affinity, right? Between you know the values and what they represent and, and what our brand is uh, is uh, is representing right, um, and I think when it comes to Ronaldo, it was all about you know this concept of of goat right, the, like the greatest of, of, all, of time. all times right, and 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 like the concept also of speed like yeah. uh, and and all this kind of stuff, um, and when it comes to Kabi, as we just said, it was like authenticity and simplicity right, yeah. Uh, so we don't really look at uh, at that in a way. Okay, how many followers they have, or or you know how. Uh, like either they're global or local or whatever. We look with we work with a lot of local, uh, you know, ambassadors as well. Uh, but it's more about you know how do they relate to our brand and are we aligned on the same values? In an authentic way. Yeah, in an authentic way. And I think after you know the Ronaldo and the Cabi campaign, a lot of people uh, started seeing Talabat as as a, you know a global brand, as you said. That and it helps in many ways, not just with customers, etc., but also for example for. Um, employees right so we started attracting employees from all over the world and all this kind of stuff so it's uh, the impact of that is quite big yeah that's amazing and and we love what you said about not looking at the number of followers because that's part of our mantra like mm-hmm. we we don't even use the word influencers as much we say creators because we go after uh finding the right affinity between a creator and a brand yeah. uh, and a creator can be anyone like you and I can be creators as long as we're creating content that will resonate with a specific community. Exactly. Because like really the what we see like 
communities are the new demographics and it's uh, it's not about like uh, a specific uh, socioeconomic or uh, or age group uh, segmentation yes. and then you hire someone who has the yeah. number of followers for that it's finding who's your community and who can authentically speak to that community exactly the more the more you align with the values of that ambassador the more that community will resonate with the message right absolutely and we believe Talabat is doing this best in class. Thank you. And we'd love to create new new case studies and more case studies with Talabat on uh, on TikTok. Absolutely. All right, amazing. So, uh, Tommaso, thank you so much for giving us like such a holistic view about like all the innovations you're doing when it comes to your business model, about quick commerce, about your last mile innovations. We've learned also about uh, you as uh, as a leader. Uh, if you have a bit of time left, there's few questions we still like yeah, to ask you very sure. quickly. Okay, so this one is a bit more generic. Uh, maybe you, you can speak about it from a delivery hero standpoint as well, not only Talabat. But when we did uh, the first season of this podcast, sustainability was coming out very strongly as one of the themes about the future of commerce. What is, uh, what is uh, delivery hero or Talabat's take on sustainability? And is it indeed part of the future of commerce? Absolutely, it's, it's really top of mind. Uh, I think the first step to uh, to get into the topic is to understand exactly what's your carbon footprint as a, as a company, right? And this is an exercise we do every year and we measure that. Um, on top of that, we wanna uh, we have the objective of offsetting it completely. And few initiatives we're doing on that are one, uh, sustainable packaging. So uh, we have pilots running um, in our countries. Uh, EV, so electric vehicles, so uh, like uh, electric motorbikes or, or, or scooters. Um, and uh, we do... Um, and uh, we have this no cutlery option that you have a checkout, for example, where you can, uh, you know, uh, have your food delivered without without cutleries as well. Um, and I think in the future we want to do more things, like for example, enabling also customers to offset their their carbon footprint. Okay, very interesting. We're nearing the end of our podcast, unfortunately, but uh, if you have a bit of time, I'm going to ask you two very quick questions. Yeah. Uh, if you have a time machine and you travel in time to 2030 yeah. and you have a chance to meet your future customer, yeah. what question would you ask them? I think I will start from asking him or her like the things I really believe in today that I think will happen in 2030 and I will want to know if they actually happen. I will ask how many people do groceries online versus offline. You know, what's the uh, like the future of kitchens, as you were saying before, like is dining, non-dining, etc. How many people are there still kitchens in the houses? Do people cook there or whatever? Uh, and of course, then I will want to know what are their current needs today, right? And, and you know how to get even better after 2030. But I will be so curious to know what happened between today and 2030. I love that. On that note, though, what do you think will be the biggest retail and e-commerce trend in 2030? Oh, I have a lot to say about this. You know, when I, sorry, when I'm sorry. I this happened kid. last year, by the way. I didn't know it I, was gonna continue up. Excuse you. But I. <laughs> okay. I, I wasn't yeah. expecting this to happen again, right. uh, but I guess this is our Q2 wrap up. Thank you so much for having us, Tommaso. It was a pleasure being here at Talabat. Uh, this was the Future of Retail podcast with Tommaso Rodriguez, Chief Executive Officer <laughs> of Talabat. Thank you so much, Tommaso. Thank Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you.